Greetings, programs. This is Jay Mayer, the Tron Guy, and you're listening to the Scene World Podcast. Good, like always. In a minute, we've got Richie Knuckles waiting right over there. Um, and and we're going to be talking about what he's been doing, and we're going to talk about some interesting things, some controversies and some, some stuff. So <laughs> that'll be occurring in just a minute. Um, before that, though, we'll just touch on quickly touch on some things that have been going on in the world, one of which is that we now have our tech interviews up as podcasts in certain places yeah though we can't we we're, we're in the process of doing this we can't give you full links and everything yet but what we can tell you is actually the url to the r um to the rss xml feed so you can already listen to it on the page directly which is what most people do or you can put it to your a uh, podcast app might it be on iphone or android and this URL is actually a subpage of the sceneworld.org domain, and that's sceneworld.org slash history. So if you were trying to watch this stuff in the car, it makes it difficult because you have to, to have YouTube open, and it kind of can be a pain. So we've, we've converted it to, well, Jörg, I should say, has converted it to MP3 so that it can be played as a podcast in your favorite player while you're driving or working out or pooping or whatever it is you're doing when you listen to podcasts. Yeah, because some people asked me if if there aren't MP3 versions of the interviews because they are long, you know, sometimes they are between one hour and three hours. And these are Langsley interviews because, you know, when pioneers um, talk, they don't stop. <laughs> and now you can listen to them in a form of a podcast, even though it's not a podcast. So as soon as we publish the new tech interviews, um, you can get part of the history and actually listen to them. So once again, sceneworld.org slash history, and there you can get um, direct listening to the things or hit the RFS feed button and get the RSS feed URL to help yourself. So... Uh, yes, so what well, else is happening? Um, Richard Lowenstein. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, you've actually... So, oh, yeah. so <laughs> well, <laughs> talking about scene world and other things happen too. The Internet mm -hmm. Archive, archive.org, actually also hosted our tech interviews as MP3s. So that would be archive.org yes. slash details slash scene world. Also, mm -hmm. our podcast is now on Spotify which is something which AJ wanted yes, since a big long, end. long time. Yeah, that's one of the big ins to getting on Spotify. Yep. We're legit now. That's true. That's true. So let's, let's summarize. You get the podcast on archive.org on a dedicated collection page, the tech interviews, and we are on Spotify too, which is uh, number two after iTunes for podcasts right yes. now. And 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 yeah. I, I, do we get do we get um, statistics and stuff from them? Like yeah, okay. Yeah. Spotify has statistics, um, but right now since it's just like three weeks ago, we just have um, it's a it's a slow start. Well, you know, yeah. it gets us going. Yep, yep. 
So, other other news that is occurring. I guess Richard Lowenstein. Lowenstein. No, 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 no. Do it the first way. Lowenstein. Yeah, that is what I said. Richard Lowenstein. That is what I said the first time, and then you then oh. you corrected into into wrong. I got I, I got uh, I got self conscious about my bad my bad pronunciation, so I automatically if, assumed if I that, don't that whatever I did you, was wrong. No. <laughs> I don't know why why I'm used to put in e y s e. That's totally bad. Okay, let's redo that. I I just I always assume that however however I said it is wrong, even if I said it right. It's like oh wait maybe that's not yeah. right. Yeah, Richard Lubinstein has written um, his first game review. In a long time, evidently, I just saw it on Facebook. He posted he was in uh, Return Magazine, um, and and the name the, the game he reviewed was was Worthy. Unfortunately, it's in German, so I can't really tell what he wrote, but but it's there. We'll put a link to that in the description. It's good to have him writing again. He used to write in uh, Amiga Joker, I want to say exactly. Yeah, so it's cool to have him back and doing things again. I mean, obviously he's doing things. He's working on Reshoot R, and he did Reshoot, you know, with our very own Altraz. Uh, so, very nice to see that. Speaking of our very own Altraz, our very own Martin, who is our one of our editors and one of our favoriteest people in the world, um, he has a a song uh, called Elysium. It's Alan Morris and Martin Drake. Martin being our, our very own. Um, it hit number one on the Beatport Top 10 for Trance. Great. That was a couple of weeks ago that hit number one. It is currently still on the Top 10 list as of the time that we're recording this. Um, we'll put a link to that in the description. It kicks ass. Everybody should check that out. Yep. Because Martin's pretty awesome and uh, the music's pretty yep. awesome. So, yeah. Right. What else happened? Oh, yes. Well, last time we mentioned Farming Simulator, and mm -hmm. uh, Farming Simulator is now on sale at ProtoVision store. I thought they were sold out. I thought they were sold they, out. They restocked. Um, okay. Which is interesting because, according to the Load Tech interview they gave a few weeks ago, it was meant that the D64 release was only exclusively in a physical cartridge release, if you get the press example, it looks like they made a deal with Giants to actually be allowed to sell it in a physical release. And interesting is also that, um, well, the cartridges are made by Jens Schoenfeld. Same like Sam Journey, it doesn't work if you have certain, if you have certain PLA clones. Mm. I've also heard that it doesn't fit very well in the machine. And also, it's not NTSC fixed, so it does not work on American machines. Yeah, well, what I can say, it, fits, a real it shame. fits in my machines, but it took a long time to find a machine mm. the, where the cartridge wouldn't actually crash. Because, mm. you know, PLAs, many of them have replacements nowadays. And... Um, yeah. Interestingly, PLA, the monster PLA, I think it was called from Jens Schoenfeld, right. or no, or super, no, I, I, I don't, I know, oh, no, super PLA is what Commodore put in the C64C. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember right now the name from the PLA that um, Jens Schoenfeld used to to put on sale, but those that were shipped with the C64 Reloaded. 
actually are not com com compatible with the Epic's fast load cartridge. So oh, that right, means, okay. guys, if you have cartridges and you have a PLA re a replacement in your C64, be careful about the combination of the PLA replacements and the cartridges you want so, to use. So, so I'm, I'm, you've tried uh, Farming Simulator and it crashes on your non in your incorrectly PLA machines. What is it? How does it crash precisely? Well, it just crashes after the Giants logo, and that's it. Oh, okay. See, I can get past the Giants logo. I can get to the main screen where it gives you, you know, your title and whatnot. I can look at the credits and all that. I can go to. I can start the game. The second I move my tractor in any direction, it just locks everything mm. up and just goes. Well, I wouldn't. Which I is, wouldn't say. I wouldn't say incorrectly PLA'd machines. It's just that not every machine you get nowadays has original parts in it, and 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 some well some C sixty four board assemblies actually require certain PLAs, and those are hard to find at all that shit, and 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 um, the early version of ninety two doesn't have a PLA, it has a quartz. Um, yeah. And circuit replacement instead, and um... well, it's just a shame because you know when I look at this stuff, it's it just seems kind of kind of sloppy that you wouldn't you know check your game with all that stuff. And and I want to support you know if there's a game that comes out for the 64 that's new, like I will buy the thing immediately because I want to support anyone that's making things for the computer. You know, it's I want to be able to say that it's it's. It's a worth it endeavor to create new products for this because people will actually pay for them, including me. But, but if it, do, if it isn't NTSC fixed and it doesn't work on, you know, certain revisions of the PLA, it really hasn't been tested. It seems like it just, I, I can't justify, you know, shelling out 20 bucks or whatever they want for it for something that I can't do anything with. Mm. Well, and I'm not, I'm not paying money to buy something to play on an emulator. Mm. That's just silly. Okay. Well, one correction I was wrong about the PLA replacement for the original Z64 um, 82 model. That actually was the clock generator that mm. they, those old machines didn't have. They had right, the right. PLA. It was the clock generator. Well, what you can do, what what I did too, is you can actually take a clock generator from Jens Schoenfeld or any other clock generator that you can jumper between PAL and NTSC, mm -hmm. and um, then then you would be able, if you have also an American or European VIX ship to go with it, you would get an Americanized or Europeanized machine. But but um, as soon as I as I um, took my um, European PAL machine and put it in NTSC. Um, this way, people were were saying that that the clock speed wouldn't be correct in the timing, and that's actually true because some some games, for example, um, Star Toast, which we had in the last issue of Scene World, totally relies on the PLA timing, wow. and since the PLA timing goes with um, 50 hertz as here in Europe. You have 220 um, or 240, 230 volts, depends on 
how modern your building is that you are in. Um, games like Star Toast that rely on the um, clock generator and um, PLA timing will just crash. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it works for, let's say, 99% of games, but not for all games. So That's, that's probably what the weirdness in the 128 that I had was, was that they didn't, you know, it swapped over all the other chips, but I guess not the timing. No, no, that's not, it's not, it's not, it's not by switching ICs. It's just that still your um, yeah, no, voltage I, yeah. has a play in it. And you can't right. change I, I know, that. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. No, I was saying that the 128 that I had, it was it was supposedly NTSC PAL, and and there was a switch, and it wasn't perfect, but maybe that not perfectness, because at the time I didn't know enough about them to really take it apart and understand what I was mm. looking at. See. You know, maybe now because I, I don't know exactly how it was done because I didn't do the work, but maybe they had like two different VICs and you know a different timing chip or something, and there was a way that they switched between them. But the, the the PAL was not perfect on it, but most PAL things would operate, would function mm. on it. Just look a little funny. Just an example, if I play Star Toast on my NTSC SX64, then it doesn't crash at all. If mm-hmm. I if I put it on my Americanized PAL machine, then it will crash. Yeah, right. So I guess it, the um, PLA clock generator voltage combination of all that problem Mm. but uh, interestingly most games can handle that so i don't know what makes what makes the game more reliable on the timing differences and whatnot i don't know no idea um but but for the most part it works and that's nice because especially racing games like grand grand theft auto no sorry I don't think that's on the 64. <laughs> no, that's not. Sorry. Not like, yet anyway. Like, like Grand Prix Circuit and Test Drive, they are 20 to 25% faster on NTC <laughs> machines. Yes, and that they, they make a lot more fun than the European releases. Yeah. And um, as we as we mentioned, NTSC Paul and Grand Theft Auto, we can actually make the perfect switch to the PlayStation Classic. Mm-hmm. So I got one, yeah. and most reviews were destroying, destroying. I saw, I saw that. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yesterday I saw a review by the Nostalgia Nerd, and he pointed out that. Many, many um, criticism is only partly right. For example, GTA, Grand Theft Auto. Why didn't they use the NTC version? And here's the thing. It's a British game. So the Paul, the Paul version doesn't run too slow. No, the NTC version runs too fast. So, in fact, what you get on the PlayStation Classic for that game is the original experience as intended. Okay, most of the reviews I saw were just saying that the emulation was garbage. The thing is, it also says that the emulation is garbage in the sound area because, you know, some sounds would have clicking or cut off. The thing is, I I never had original PlayStation back in the day. I, I only got a PlayStation 2 later. 
I played those games on the PC, so I don't have any experience how it's supposed to sound or look like or control like on the original PlayStation. Because as I already had the games for the PC, I didn't buy them again when I got a PlayStation 2. So that's, that's all I can say. And it's not so bad that they would be unplayable. I personally didn't feel like, oh, the controller doesn't work right or something. And as he also pointed out, most John Q. public customer wouldn't notice the difference or bother with it. So um, it's not so bad that it's total garbage. But the good thing is, as a collector, as many as many serious gamers in the retro area are returning it, it will become a rare device and Sony won't produce much more, so it will gain in value. Which is the reason why I didn't return mine to Amazon. I kept right. it. Yeah. You know? Speaking of the... Um, you have a garbage yeah, truck in the background, don't you? No, my lunch is, is done in the oven. It's, okay. The timer's yelling at me. <laughs> okay. I'll yeah, pull that out there. Alrighty. Okay. Um, Enjoy hmm. your lunch. Well, I haven't, I'm putting it in for a few more minutes. Okay. Not quite, not quite there yet. Okay. Um, speaking of, of, of the mini consoles, um, I, you know, I have been to quite a few Walmarts and whatever other stores are supposed to be in it. I have not seen a single 64 mini. Despite there is, are, there are released since, I don't know, what was it? August or something in America? There's, there's Atari. There's a bunch of different like flashback games that are there, but not, not the 64. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a regional thing. I don't know, but I mean that that's a, a a decent chunk of the East Coast that I haven't been able to find it at. Well, the problem is you probably heard it. The Europeans were fine with the 64 Mini, and the American reviewers were putting it to the crown pretty much. As as people who listen to us know, we talked to Darren, and um, it's I, up to know, him to make it worthy with the firmware update. I, you know, I still I like I like the idea of the product. I I would prefer if I wanted one. If I was going to get one, I would want the one with the full keyboard and everything that worked. But for your casual everyday person that wants to go and play some games from their childhood, the mini is is fine because you don't need to worry about finding thirty year old hardware and getting it to work and everything. It's just everything's right there, and it can only help to increase the visibility and popularity of everything else that's going on with the machine. Yeah, but the difference here between the DTV and the DC4 Mini that, that was both by Darren Melbourne, the, the DTV was more or less bug-free. And the DC4 Mini still has some bugs in it that needs fixing. And that's well, the, the difference Because the 64 Mini is, is emulation, whereas the, the DTV was an actual C64 on a chip, yeah. essentially. But the upside is that there are firmware upgrades and we can, you know, the errors can be fixed as we go along. So it's not like they're necessarily a deal breaker. I understand why the reviewers give it the reviews that they've given. But at the same time, for what it is, it's perfectly fine. It's, you know, it plays the games. It's, I would never want to use it to play a keyboard intensive game. <laughs> but, you know, for freaking playing, I don't know. Iridium is that a game that you just play the with, just use the joystick with? Hmm. I, you know, I never played. I never actually played Iridium, so I don't even know what it looks like. Yeah, so um, <laughs> you you don't like the OSD keyboard layout? <laughs> it, 
yeah, I've never, I've never liked the on-screen keyboards where you have to like move around and select all that stuff. It's just. Ugh. Well, that's actually, as you mentioned it, the big advantage of the 64 Mini. The Z6, um, the PlayStation Classic will never receive a firmware update, so it will stay the way it is. Yeah, which makes which which buckles my mind because nowadays your photo camera has firmware updates, your smartphone, your decked phone has firmware updates, your TV, your refrigerator and toaster oven have firmware upgrades. Not yet. Oh, um, I've seen some that do. Refrigerators. Well, yeah, yeah, we got smart devices and crap over here. They're connected to the internet and stuff. And mm. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So now the world is waiting for the official Sega Mega Drive Mini mm. or Genesis yes. Mini. Um, it's because not yet. no, yet no, is the yet is the eight eight games one. Yeah, there there is a a Sega Genesis Rewind that I or, or flashback or something like that that I see in stores all the time. Yeah, and that's the Ed Games version. Okay. Yeah, but um, Sega announced a few months earlier that they want to make their own version. Hmm. They don't want to do it over eight at games anymore because as we know the at games flashback machines had bugs you know um i mean they are out in various versions since eight years and they didn't they didn't really manage to make a version that is not having issues and the funniest (laughs) thing is that the latest version that I also have and it didn't return works perfect with NTC US and NTC Japan games, but it has hiccups in fluency with music on Paul releases, which is funny because usually it's the other way around. And we, we actually we actually were linked to that. We made a special on Twitch about that where we had all three machines side by side, which would be the original Mega Drive, the Play uh, at Games Flashback Mega Drive, and the Tech Toy um, Mega Drive Limited Edition 2017. We need to finish that because we never actually quite finished that whole stream. So we were going to do the 64 Mini too. Yeah, we, we, we have two unfinished streams that, is, that we should continue sometime next year, I guess. All right. Yeah. Well, so so you would you would say that collectors shouldn't return their um, PlayStation classics? You know, I don't. See, any little issues with emulation wouldn't bother me so much if I was just getting it to play some games. You know, I know I know a friend of mine got it just to play one single game, and that game worked perfectly fine. And so he, he's totally happy with it. But you can get a PlayStation cheaper on eBay used. That's what people were saying. It would be cheaper to get the game and to get an old PlayStation than to get that thing. And he was like, I, I don't care. Shut up. <laughs> you also you also don't get like the HDMI connection and all that stuff that with the old PlayStation you're going to be you know fighting with RCA cables it's not going to be quite as nice. Yes, but the PlayStation 2 if you use the PlayStation 2 that is fully compatible to the PlayStation 1 you have component which is the um predecessor of HDMI which means you get like 480p 720 maybe Depends, of course. So, 
if if you want a, if you want a better experience, get a PlayStation Two for thirty bucks. Get a memory card for two, um, for for ten bucks, and get the game for five bucks or something. Then you then you only spend half of the money for the PlayStation Classic and have a better experience. If you just want one game, um, it's 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 funny interesting that only the um, that only one YouTuber took the time to do his research. And all the other YouTubers were just like, oh, wow, the NGC version is always better. Yeah. Well, YouTube, I feel like videos always get more attention and they do better if it's negative. Even if it's you, bullshit? Yeah, because you never see you, – you, like if I'm looking at videos, I don't want to watch something where someone's like, hey, this is great and awesome and wonderful. But when it's like a complaint about something, that's when you get lots of viewers. And it's fun to poke holes in things, I guess. Well, let's let's be serious. Let's be honest. This NTSC Paul and timing thing is always a trap. Everybody falls in. I did an interview with Chris Crick, the sound manager of Epics, and I asked him why did Epics first release games and not Paul fix famous summer games, for example. We always we always have the intro in 20 percent slower speed why because they didn't know the developers of the game didn't know they didn't know that palm machines run slower yes, yes. that's that's nonsense well back in 80 back in 83 when they started developing they didn't know that's what they said because it was a new machine and they didn't know man i could the, the intro to summer and winter games were slow on themselves and then to make them slower by putting them in PAL, that would just be murder. Well, they didn't know. And in summer games, you can't skip that thing. Winter games, you can just skip the intro. In summer games, they were real proud of that animation, and you were watching that damn thing through, whether you liked it or not. I know, yeah. So, anyway, they didn't know. That is what, what he said. And I believe him. Do we have more than anything else than that? Yeah, well, I, why are you interrupting me today? I wasn't even finished my sentence. Oh, so, I, I didn't know. I thought so, I thought you had done with the, I thought you were done with the story. No. So, as I said, it happens all the time. So another example is Power Drift. Power Drift on the C64 was the only game Activision did that was a port release. Funny, interesting story here. Activision UK was only a publisher, but for Power Drift. Activision UK was the developer. So it was the first and only um, European PAL game Activision did on the Commodore 64. So what happened when they released it in America? It plays too fast. What, what happened after that? They learned the lessons. So they released Afterburner USA, which is a lot better than the um, European machine version because that's bullshit so what they did is they hired Jeruntel who is Dutch and European and they um, they fixed the playing routine to make all the music sounds right what happened then when all the crackers did crack the game they didn't know that the music was from Jeruntel and was the player routine was Paul fixed. Though that means when when the cracks were released, there's not a single crack to this day that plays after Burner USA in correct speed. So that means the music that is played 
to be um, normally too fast on NTC, plays correct on NTC, but too slow on Paul. That means it plays even 20% slower on a Paul machine because it thinks it runs on an NTC machine and slows down the tune. This thing happens even nowadays. And um, what did happen when Remember released the crack? I told them, okay, you can release the crack again because you made a mistake here. And then like, no, you're wrong. I'm like, I'm right. And the person who backed me up was Andrew Fisher because he confirmed he confirmed what I said. Um, so that was pulled. But but you can still get it from game base because it's still the only crack that works. So they kept it in regardless. So it still happens. It still happens to this day. And I think the same happens here with Giants. They didn't know. And, and the person who was in charge of the 64 version from the Hungarians, they didn't ask. And they didn't, they didn't test. And they didn't bother. And I guess that that's the same story. Well, maybe, may, maybe Giants will release an updated version that works, or maybe someone will crack it and NTSC fix it. More likely. Who knows? It's been cracked four or five times already. And but if we get it. a chance to talk to them... And as say that in the interview with Slotech 64, they might do it again next year mm-hmm. if 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 the sales yeah. are good enough. Then mm-hmm. there might be an updated anti-C version for the next year. Who knows? So do we have anything else going on? Well, anything Portal Demake, you tell about it because it's your favorite game. I actually never played it, so you're. you're yeah. uh, so yeah, so so there is a C64 version of Portal, the the game by Valve. Everybody knows Portal, you know, with with Glados and the the Portal gun and all that stuff. Um, has kind of been as as you said, demake. It's been demade for the C64 by Jamie Fuller. Um, and it's 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 really good. It's not it's not first person like Portal was. It's more of a platformer. But it's the same general basic idea and the same kind of interactions with the, the bad guys and whatnot. And it's a fun game. It's actually really well done and, and entertaining. Hmm. And we'll put a link to where you can download it. There's an, a PAL and NTSC version. At least um, he did it. And yeah, it's just, it's just really well done and, and, and fun. It's entertaining. And from what I gather, I've read other people say it's pretty easy to beat. I haven't gotten that far into it, um, but it's it's definitely entertaining and and well thought out and well well designed. It uses a 1351 mouse or your joystick and the keyboard. I like control, games with just like it mouse controls. Um, yes, I found quite a few things that will use the mouse lately. It's it's. Um, so what what else happened? Well. The Key and A magazine, Key and A Plus magazine in Poland released a C64 version of Tower Rubble 64. Yeah, and that was a PC release, you know, with um, retro style and all that stuff. And um, Mm -hmm. after three years of development, it's finally released. And the funniest thing is, they on their Facebook page they wrote like okay now we have to switch the the disc type because now our original discs that we had in stock are all sold out now. That means depending on the color, 
of the diskette you get and the color of the center protection ring, you can actually make out which batch you yeah. got. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so I got the second batch. Um, and one of the later ones of the second batch, because the first ones were white and mine is gray. And as we all know, Verbatim mm. came in different colors. So I'm I'm always finding it nice when companies and publishers care and not not sell the games on bullshit branded yeah. discats. Um, <laughs> Poland is releasing a lot of cr uh, great and crazy stuff lately. Well, we had the Power Supply yeah. 64 guy. A lot of stuff is coming from Poland these days. It's nice. Mm. So, that's that's all I can say, I think. From my side, at yeah. least. We should probably go over and, and, and hang out to uh, hang out with uh, Richie Knuckles, who's been hanging out over here patiently, quietly <laughs> waiting for us. Hi, Richie. Yay! <laughs> Welcome yeah, to the podcast. <sighs> Want to hear a real quick funny anecdote? Yeah. I was... Uh, I have a there's a bar in uh, Easton that I I uh, rent arcade games to, so it's sort of like a little mini barcade, and mm -hmm. I was there to provide the arcade games for their bar. And a friend of mine that I haven't seen in quite a while, but we've kept in touch on the internet. But he used to come to my arcade when he was young. Zach, how old are you now? Twenty-seven. Oh, he is okay. Oh. He he just happened to live around the corner from the bar, and I asked him if I could you know, use his Wi-Fi and talk to you guys. The guy that I'm at, 27 years, he used to come to my arcade when we did the Kong-Off 1, the first Kong-Off, the person whose house who I'm sitting in, they interviewed him on Howard Stern. You ever hear of Howard Stern? Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how far Howard Stern reaches. So Howard Stern what? sent his, 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 uh, his interns to see the Kong-Off 1. So they asked Zach, and Zach is standing right behind me. If if I get this wrong, you correct me. They asked Zach, if you were about to approach a kill screen on Donkey Kong, and you had to shit so bad that you were going to shit your pants, would you shit your pants and, and continue on to the kill screen, or would you leave the game and run to the bathroom? <laughs> and Zach's answer was he would shit his pants. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and that aired on Howard Stern. <laughs> yeah, well, Howard Stern is known to be extreme, so that's kind of fitting to the story. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this guy, I haven't seen this guy in many years, and here I am in his kitchen borrowing his Wi-Fi to talk to you guys. Nice, nice. So it's a nice day. It's a really nice day. Great. That's awesome. <laughs> perfect, perfect condition for a great interview. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, it's it's actually been f kind of almost four years since um, me and you we talked about um, how you started with your arcade. Um, but I wonder how did you actually get into electronics and all that stuff? I guess that started way earlier than the arcade business, right? I was a singer in a band. Uh, my name of my band was Knuckle Sandwich. We were touring the country. I had quit my day job. My day job, I was like a pipe fitter, which is 
uh, like synonymous with like a plumber, but a little bit more intense than a plumber, like a welder, like, but for big stuff, like large refi uh, oil refineries, stuff like that. And mm -hmm. uh, I quit my job and went on tour and we toured the whole United States, never got out of the United States, but we toured the entire country, saw every single state except Alaska and uh, Alaska and Hawaii, but all the continental states. And while I was on tour, I saw a whole bunch of different bars succeeding and using different elements. So when I got home, I decided I was going to open up an arcade slash bar and live music. And that is exactly how I fell into it because I had a lot of, not a lot of money, but I had quite a bit of money saved up by the time we got back from tour. A lot of the songs I wrote did really well on college radio. So I was getting a nice check every month for royalties on our songs. And I wanted to open, I loved classic arcades. I had a bunch of arcades in my basement. And when we got back from tour, I said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to own a bar. So okay. Bought a building. And in fact, I am in walking distance from that building right now. <laughs> so, Interesting. So weird, right? I, I can almost see it from out of my window, the building that I had bought. Well, the building uh, came with a liquor license. Within two months of owning the building, a flood came. We are in Flood Town right now. It's uh, eastern Pennsylvania and mm -hmm. Hillsburg, Jersey. A huge storm came and the building flooded to the point it went up to the second floor. So it was completely awash. The building's still sitting empty to this day. Oof. Yeah, it's still, and this is what, uh, 20 years later, and it, it's sitting empty. I just went by it. Totally dilapidated because it's in just a terrible flood zone. Anytime it rains, it gets water. Wow. And no one told me that. <laughs> yeah, well, because they wanted your money, right? Yeah. 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 But that, that is sort of how I came up with the idea to open an arcade was I want to open an, an arcade bar before anybody. This is before Barcade. This is before any of the arcade bars were around i'm talking 2003. wow okay so long time ago and then we went and we opened our own arcade without any alcohol and i had to get really creative because i had to get really creative and do a bunch of contests and just good you know go everywhere i could that there was a convention to spread my you know the word about what i was doing and uh wound up being sort of uh, first in. So uh, uh, the place Fun Spot was one of the only places around that had classic arcade games. And for some reason, the movie King of Kong made them sour on Twin Galaxies and contests. They almost like wanted to like separate themselves from Twin Galaxies and the whole contest and be their own entity. And the it was low-hanging fruit. I just picked it. And all of a sudden, I became the place to go to for world records and contests. And I facilitated it. It was almost perfect timing. And then I, I did a Tron contest. I did, of course, the first Pong off at my place. I did a world record weekend. We did the ClassicArcadeGaming.com contest every year. So at least once every two months, I had a big event going that people would come from all over the place, from Mexico, from Canada, from Australia, all over the place, people would fly in for the contest. 
Okay. And I wonder, because you said you started out as kind of a plumper, how did you get all this um, electronic knowledge? And how did you get this knowledge in restoring the arcades? Because according to the movie King of um, the King of Arcades, you are known to restore arcades that they look like brand new coming from the factory. Yes. I don't do that as much as I used to because I don't, Right now, I wanted to switch over to just uh, not selling the games anymore. I wanted, you know, what it was is I was finding these games, fixing them up, making them look new, and then when they were going out of the door, I'd have seller's remorse. I'd be like, oh, I wanted to keep that game. I'm never gonna find the, that game in that such good shape again. Oh, I wish I never sold it. I could name to you three games right now that every day I go on eBay and look and try to find. I just can't find them. I wish I would have never sold them. So I don't want to sell games anymore. I just want to restore them and keep them and then let people enjoy them at the arcade. But how did you learn the knowledge? I uh, mean, he, here in Germany, for example, it's really hard to find people who still know how to how to repair CRT screens. I am going to give all of the credit to a man named Randy Fromm. Randy Fromm... If you search him on Google, Randy, F-R-O-M-M, -M, 15 years ago, he was selling a course on how to repair classic arcade games and pinball machines. It was expensive, too. It was like 750 bucks. You got a book and you got a bunch of DVDs. And I bought that and just watched them. I watched them like I binge watched them like it was The Walking Dead. <laughs> that Randy Fromm is is my mentor. He's the guy that taught me everything. And it not, worked. Not really, but okay. through his books. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um I I I think I know that you kind of had a rough bumpy ride at some point because um I guess recently you closed and reopened and all that stuff so it yeah. wasn't like a, s a smooth ride for you after that uh it's it was awful i the 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 original arcade where we filmed the king of arcades the uh the kong off one was there the guy uh one of the tenants that did not like us did not like us being there he was the landlord uh, he was the veterinarian and he wound up buying the building so he never liked me from the get-go he didn't like the business he didn't like the kids he didn't like the, just he just didn't like it in general so once he bought the building i was out of my ass so now i have 100 arcade games i got 25 pinball machines nowhere to put them no place really in sight i don't know what i'm going to do and a friend of mine who had a building, said, you can come to my place, bring everything here. We'll open this arcade in Sterling. So I spent four months of my life bringing everything over to his place. On opening day, we took an ad out for the arcade was opening, and the cops came and shut us down on opening day. My landlord did not get the proper permits. Oh. He thought he had the proper permits, 
but he never got the proper permits. It just, it, there's tons of questions you could ask. How could that happen? I don't know. All I know is that he had assured me that we were all good. And then on opening day, we have over 100 people coming through the door at 15 bucks a head, and the cops shut us down. I had to give everyone money back. Wow. So, that was heartbreaking and also bank account crushing. Yeah, I can imagine. Wow. So then here we go again. I got all these games. Where am I going to put them? <laughs> <laughs> so again, somebody else comes out of the woodwork. I got a building. Uh, this guy's name is Vince Del Russo. He owns a company called Video Game 911 or Pinball 911. He has. A building that's ah, it's pretty big. I could fit over 100 games in there. And one half of the building is now our arcade, and the other half is a video game repair shop. So I'm working for him to pay off the rent, and, hmm. we're, opening, and we're opening a new place. So right now I'm doing technician work for three arcades. I'm working down at Atlantic City at this place called Starcade, keeping all their games running. I'm working at another arcade in... Morristown. Now, this is all in New Jersey within two hours of each other. There's like five arcades. My exact business model has been replicated by five different people within an hour <laughs> and a half of me. Mind you. When I started, there wasn't any in the country. And now there's five within two hours of me. So I work for two of those, keeping that all the games running. And then on my days off, I work with Vince working for him, fixing arcade games while we're trying to get the arcade running. We should be up and running by the end of the year. Yeah. And the that's awesome. That's the awesome. Good games are amazing. And where and is that located? It's called uh, Denville, New Jersey on Route okay. 50. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just asking... I'm just asking because the first time we, the both of us talked, you said that AJ actually could come and stream for SceneWorld from your place, but uh, as AJ told me, he never got a he could never got in touch with you at some point because you weren't Facebook friends and all that stuff. Where where are you located? I am located in Jackson, New Jersey. Oh, I'm located. <laughs> Thinking that I'm talking to somebody overseas. No, no, no. Right down the road. All right. Well, we got yeah. to get to be better friends then. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, he is down the road. I'm in Germany. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I want to come to Germany more than Jackson. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing Jackson has is a freaking bunch of people going to Great Adventure getting in my way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to hate that. Oh, it's, it's awful. It's awful, right? I, you know, I've been, I've lived here for a bunch of years. I've never actually been to Great Adventure, so I couldn't even tell you what it's like. I went probably 20 years ago and saw Twisted Sister, <laughs> and I'm in the audience, and all of a sudden during the contest, this guy next to me starts going, Wahoo! Yeah! 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 Like a rock star, <laughs> and I'm like, who is this guy? And then he's like thrashing his hair around and his hair's going all over the place. And then all of a sudden, I look at him better and I recognize him. It's Sebastian Bach of Skid Row. And he's standing right next to me, screaming every lyric along with Twisted Sister. And then I guess Dee Snyder recognized him and pulled him on stage. 
and I followed him like we were together. You know, I saw an opportunity. <laughs> so I followed right. Sebastian Bach up on stage and got on stage and started singing on the mic with both of them. And then after the song was over, Dee Snyder looks over and goes, Sebastian Bach, yeah! And they're like, like, who's your friend? And Sebastian's like, I don't know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, All right. oh, he's got pipes. He's got pipes. <laughs> 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 well, you see, the chemistry already works well. <laughs> so, so if you are if you are ready by the end of the year, I guess hopefully AJ can make up some time for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work on it. Work on it. So, yeah, we'll be open and just give me a shout uh, through Facebook and just uh, told just give me an idea of what you want. What game is it you want to do? I have no idea. I don't know. We, we were going to do a live stream from the from the place and just kind of. You know, sort of showcase everything you got and, and oh, what's that's going fantastic. on. Oh, that's fantastic! All right, well, let's get that done. Let's get that done sooner than later. Okay. Actually, well, I, mean, I don't. What yeah. are you doing this weekend? Because Billy Mitchell is going to be at the arcade this weekend playing Donkey Kong. Going oh, for yeah. his... All right. Well, I just I just thought that would be a good one because Billy gets a lot of traffic. He gets like it would a thousand be. people on his stream. Yeah. But H A has met Billy Mitchell already, right? Yes, yes, we. I did meet him at a, a video, the first a video game con. Yeah, I'm the one who brought him there. Mm -hmm. I know, yeah. I know. I I saw you. I saw your live stream, and I said to H A, like I saw the live stream yesterday night at 3 a.m. While while I couldn't sleep, and then H A said, okay, well this sounds interesting. I could go to a video game con, and then I was like, okay, it's a Kickstarter thing, you know, crowd funding and then aj was like okay this is too cheap this can't be real I'm like yes it is real and and then then he was surprised how crowded it was on the first uh, video game con right you barely yeah, could, you barely I could get a, a parking place i did a lot of work for that event and did not get any of my expenses recouped but the guy that's why i've never been back to another one and i brought about i think six games And I also got all my friends to bring games. So there was a good, like, 25 games there. And the guy right. the guy didn't even give me – he actually uh, stiffed me on my expenses. Mm. So that's why I've never been back. I'm not going to say any name, but that's why that's why I'm not associated with the video game con anymore. Mm. I see. I will... and, that's, and that's why Billy and Walter have never been back. Oh, that's, that's hurting, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why we're going to do our own. We're going to do a competing one. After the arcade's up and running, the Kong-Off, of course, is in California, but we're going to get everybody together, all the New Jersey collectors, to do an arcade-based one. Not, I don't really know much about the consoles, but it's mostly going to be arcade. So all of the local collectors are going to bring all their super rare stuff, and we're going to do our own. Hmm. Well, that's, that sounds interesting. Maybe, AJ, you can attend. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the first video game con that we went to was, uh, it was it was awesome. There was a lot of stuff going on and a lot of games and everything. And the following ones, and we won't include this in there because I don't want to talk badly about anything, but the following ones just didn't quite have the same the same vibe to it, you know? Yeah, he, he burned his bridges, the dude. He and, made and, a and lot the, of money. And he crowdsourced he? it. And I advertised on my web show. I had a web show, and we we made the goal on my web show. I know, I know. I saw it live. Yeah. Yeah, live. We 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 achieved his goal on my web show, and that's how <laughs> I can't understand when the guy rakes in that much money, can't even pay the people that helped them get there. Really hurt my feelings. 
I mean, I mean, the idea of the crowdfunding was to pay the people that right. Made that's it happen, what right? the impression. Yeah, that is what 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 you do a crowdfunding for. Though you can you can pay everything, otherwise yeah. you wouldn't do a crowdfunding. Yeah. Yeah, but crowdfunding is not meant to put in your own pocket, actually. Let's move on to something good. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> what else is, is there good? Well, um, well, okay. So you can ask me about the Kong off that we just yes. we just did one in Australia. Really? I just got back from Australia. Nice. We've done. That's the second Kong off in Australia. Hmm. And there's a guy in the UK that's talking to Walter Day and Billy Mitchell about doing a Kong off in London or in England. And uh, Billy and Walter, of course, say, well, that's Richie's thing, so talk to him. So I'm waiting for this guy to call me. He's supposed to be calling me about setting up a Kong off in England. So that'll be huge. That will be, yeah. So, and so there's been Kong offs in Australia and the U.S. Have they gone? It hasn't gone anywhere else, though. Yeah, just uh, the U.S. all over the place. You know, we went from New Jersey to Pittsburgh, Denver, and now California. So, you mm-hmm. know, we're 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 making sort of like a tour. We're doing right, a tour right. of the country. After California, the next one after California, I think we're going to Montreal, Quebec. Hmm. So we're going to finally do one in Canada, I think. Cool. But it's growing. And and for for anyone listening that doesn't know what what the Kong off is, maybe you can just kind of go over like what happens there and, and and what what it is actually. Very good, thank you. Uh, it's the Donkey Kong World Championships in a nutshell. The first two days are a high score competition. Everybody's going for a high score to get a bit of prize money, but the big prize money goes to the finals on Sunday. The top eight players face each other in. Uh, just one-on-one matches. So whoever came in first plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, and so forth. And, uh, you know, bracket style, just like in uh, in college basketball. And Robbie Lakeman is our reigning champion. Hmm. And the Australian Kong-off, Robbie wasn't there. This is kind of hard to get to Australia. And Estelle Goffinette won the one in Australia. And the year before that, a guy named Shane won the Kong off in Australia. So Shane, I forget his last name. I can never remember his last name. But Shane and Estelle won the two in Australia. And Robbie Lakeman has won the last uh, one here in the U.S. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard about that. I remember the name, Robbie. Yeah. yeah. It's actually at Robbie's house this weekend, past weekend. Hmm. I wonder, by the way, um, because you are, I guess, in connection with the original Twin Galaxies thing, how did it change for you all this when uh, Chase Hall took over? Because I remember Walter Day said in uh, 2010, so eight years ago, he, he doesn't want to do it anymore and he wants to concentrate on his music. And then all I heard is that it all went a bit strange. People taking over, wanting money for being be, before uh, for being entered in the in the high scores, and and all these strange things I heard. I, I wonder what your opinion and um, experience on that is. Well, 
I don't want to say again too much negative. So I don't really want to go down that path. But the best I can say is ever since Walter has not been at the helm, it has not been the same. It focused less on what we like, the kind of games we like, and it's being pushed ever since this guy Pete Bouvier got involved. It was pushed towards all the new stuff, like you know PlayStation and Xbox. And they want to just get about the old stuff, basically just crush it under the rug. And the okay. the current the current uh, leadership at Twin Galaxies uh, is like the strongest force ever, pushing away from the old guard and moving towards the newer platforms, which I really don't have anything in common with. That isn't what I do. So mm. Twin Galaxies has no uh, like really has nothing to do with my life at all. I've, I have never been on the site. Uh, I haven't even seen the new site. I'm not even a member of the site. So they, I basically, for what we do in the classic scene, Twin Galaxies isn't even a part of the equation. Well, I'm just asking you because, you know, I've been following what, what, what you were doing and I know there were some, you know, people hitting against Walter Day and all that stuff. And it always appeared to me that you are kind of the neutral person trying to make everybody happy and and being fair to everybody. I remember, for example, a presentation from Mr. Awesome, um, Roy, um, Roy Sheldon, I think is his name. Sure. Uh, and, and I don't remember which game it was, but it was a trackball game. Mr. And he said... Missile Command, exactly, yes. And you explained that uh, there were different settings for different trackball sizes. And um, while, while all other people were saying, oh, he is crazy, that's bullshit, you were the one saying, maybe he's right, maybe he has a point here. And you were trying to explain it um, for the audience that didn't understand the technical difference. And that really impressed me that you could be neutral and not say, you know, like it's bullshit or, or being negative about it. You, you said maybe he has a point. So it, it, I always found this impressive because I think it must be kind of hard if somebody comes out and says something um, against your friends. Yes, and I, I really try to stand behind my friends, the people that like... Uh, Billy Mitchell has come under a lot of heat, a yeah. lot of heat. Last night, it was three in the morning, and he was streaming uh, Donkey Kong. And I left work. I had an hour drive to go home last night. And when he, when he heard that I was falling asleep behind the wheel, he called me, and we talked. He talked me all the way home. Stayed up from 2.30 to 3.30 in the morning just to make sure I made it home. The second I got my driveway. He's just a good friend. So when all this came out about him, I felt just, you know, I stand behind my friend, you know, and believe right. me, I know him so well. There is no way he used Maine. He doesn't even know how to use a computer. He doesn't even know how to buy airline tickets on the computer, <laughs> never mind program Maine to cheat. So it's just impossible. And I know people get mad at me or be, they tell me I'm blind, but I, I know the guy good enough to know that it's impossible. 
Well, what, what was the um, what was the basis of it? It was it was uh, someone did like a video, uh, like analyzing the video of how the the screen redrew or something, and yeah, yeah, and they yeah. said it only could have been Maine to do that, and I I I think I, I could be wrong in this assumption, but I think they used the movie The King of Kong. As Billy's submission is what they they used as evidence. How could they do that? That was from a movie. Like, wasn't isn't there a way that if it's a, a film being edited that that could have changed the way the frames draw? I don't know. I don't know enough about it. All I'm going on, and again, people say there's too much evidence showing that he did. I'm just saying it is physically impossible for Billy to have done this. Unless he had an army of technical people doing it. And if that was the case, don't you think these people would have came forward by now? Right, right. And I, can't, and I know all his friends. I can't think of a single person that's technical that knows how to do it. Except you, of it. course. I know how to do it. But he never <laughs> asked me. The funny part about it is he's never asked me to do it. But Dwayne Richard has. Wayne Richard called me on the phone and asked me to do it. Exactly what Billy is accused of. Oof. Mm, mm, Wayne mm. called me and asked me twice. In person, he asked me, and on the phone, he asked me to do it. a smoking gun. I don't know what it is. Mm. But it's not actually how it started. It all started with Todd Rogers, actually. Yeah, well, again, I don't know enough about the story about Todd, but the only thing I can say is... The stuff that Todd did at Activision, the stuff that Todd did in front of all of the Activision employees, in front of all of those crowds, he was like a 17-year-old kid. How could a 17-year-old kid cheat in front of all these adults that know the game better than him? They programmed it. How could that have passed if it wasn't real? The stuff that he did on his own when he was a referee and whatever he did, okay, that I have no clue. I'm not even going there. I'm just talking about the stuff he did live in front of the Activision reps. They took that away, which I thought that was wrong. Mm. Yeah, 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 it's it's it, you know it, it strikes me that even if you even if you you know cheated once in it, something happened and and the that score is not is is false or whatever. Everything else that you've done is still, you know, if you've got the high score for something else, it makes no sense to take it away if you got that legit. And then this one over here isn't legit. You know, it's like the that's still a high score that still should be there, you know. But, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't, it's 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 politics. Again, I'm good friends with Todd, too. I like Todd as a person. So that's why I and I could have investigated and went on. I just don't have time. Mm, I don't right. have to investigate all that so i i'm actually not very knowledgeable about the todd situation other than in person and knowing him for 20 years he's a good guy well i i can throw in some bits to this story because um at this time i knew the main editor of twin galaxies online and he asked on his facebook page do do of do any of my friends know anybody from activision from the old guard. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm in touch with David Crane. And David Crane was one of the co-founders and even the coder of the Trackster oh, game. 
I know they uh, afraid they fall. And and um and they interviewed him and he said yes the Todd Todd Rogers um um, um record is entirely possible. Hmm. Ah. And and after that interview, one 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 week later, on all the forums and so on, you could you could read that people were like, no, David Crane is not 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 correct here. Um, I, I used I used an artificial intelligence and let the computer play by itself, and he couldn't he couldn't possibly beat um, the record, you know. So. Aren't it went and again, educate me because I could be wrong. When they do do the artificial intelligence running the game at best, are they using original hardware or are they using an emulator? I've I have no idea. I, I, I'd never say it's, I would I would venture to guess it's an emulator because you can't you can't have the the AI. Uh, it, it would be it would be an extra layer of difficulty to have it. You know, using the original hardware. It, it, this would be more of something where. They put the game into an emulator and have the AI handle the emulator because it's easier to get the inputs exactly. you know, that way. Exactly. So knowing emulators and knowing how emulators run different games, if it's not original hardware, I don't see any credibility in it. Mm -hmm. Well, they said it's not possible by the original source code, the assembler code. But, I, but I'm not a coder. I don't know if... if yeah, me if, too. If, yeah. Again, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to really give you an educated... Uh, guess on that. But again, you know, in, in the end of the day, the way that they tried to wreck Billy's and Todd's life over this, mm -hmm. that's, it's a little extreme. I was getting hate mail, like severe hate mail, for just saying that I back Billy and Todd. And I only back Billy and Todd because they're dear friends of mine. Like they would, both of them would take a bullet for me. If, if I was homeless, they would find a hundred bucks to feed. I just, I just know the kind of people they are. And well, I didn't I didn't want to go down this road so quickly. <laughs> I just started with Mr. Awesome, uh, but but hey. Um, so anyway, my original point was, despite, um, for example, Mr. Awesome hit against Walter Day, you still said. On on the on the um, show where he had his presentation, that he could have a point there. So I, I'm actually friends with him. I like I like Roy Shell. We we've we've spoken on the phone, and he's not he's he is crazy. He is officially crazy. There's no doubt about it. But he's also a lot of fun. He's a fun person to be around. Like we hung out for the whole entire afternoon, and I'll, I'll tell you what, he's a trip that guy. Uh. So yeah, so my question was, it it must it must really it must really be very hard for you because you are friends with both people and they are both hating each other and hitting on each other, isn't that kind of making it hard for you? I don't oh, know. I, there's I'm not going to name any names, but there was a girl, a female reporter type person in this scene that I loved. Like we were really really good friends, and we spoke almost every day and. I felt bad that she was getting a lot of hate. A lot of people were hating on her. And she basically made it made, made me make a decision. All of my friends or her, because she hated everybody. It was like every, she was in a war with everyone. So she wow. said, you're, 
you're either friends with me or you're friends with them. And wow. I'm, I don't let someone decide who I'm friends with. So now she she actually even went online and bashed me after being really, really good friends, saying wow. that wow. I, that I'm part of the problem and all this. It, it really hurts. So you're, you're a really good person trying to be fair to everybody. Thank you. Well, that's, that was just my impression. Uh, because I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. He's totally behind Roy, uh, Roy, uh, Roy. And he is behind Walter Day, despite they are both, you know, in a fight about missile command. <laughs> like, wow, wow, this is absolutely crazy. And it's on YouTube. Everybody can see it. So I'm like, wow, you know. So at this point, I knew, Richie, that you are a fair person and you are trying to get behind things even if it's negative for other people that you like. So I, I really find this difficult, but um, I guess you are um, you are preferring to go the, the honest road, even if it's hurting some other people. If there's Again, I don't have any answers that other people don't have. I'm not smarter than anybody else. I, I just know what's in my heart. I always go by my heart, what I feel in my gut, you know? Right. So, so what's hap what's happening now? Um, are you trying to, I don't know, reestablish the good old times? Yes. I mean, there, I mean, there <laughs> must be a goal after all this smear stories, I would say. Well, right now, what drives me is I have almost every game that I want in my collection. I'm missing probably four games. There's four games that I want. Other than that, I have all, everything else. I'm, I'm totally satisfied. I just need four more titles. Once I get all four of those, then I'm done buying games forever. I'm done. Keeping all my, I'd say I got about, I've got about maybe 300 machines right now. Half of them are in California. Half of them are here on the East Coast with a lot of really good titles that no one is able to play anywhere else. And part of my time is dedicated to John Weeks in the Museum of Pinball. A lot of my machines are out in Banning, California. John Weeks runs the Museum of Pinball in Banning, California. And he is one of my best friends, one of the greatest people on earth. And his collection is so amazing. He's got a couple thousand pinball machines. Couple thousand, not couple hundred, couple thousand. He's got close to a thousand arcade games. So I donated about a hundred machines to him and his arcade museum with the plan to one day move out to California when Faith is old enough and join forces with him and actually turn his place into a theme park. Wow, that sounds like a good plan. And when do you think Faithy would be old enough to do that for you? 18. When well, I don't know how old she is now. So well, You don't know how old Faithy is? Shame on you. I, I, ne I never I never asked you. Um, yes. I guess like, I don't know, 13, 14 maybe? Yes, 12. 12, okay. 12. Yeah. You, well, do, do you ever watch my Facebook? Do I, Do you watch what I do on Facebook? Yes, but not regularly, of course. Well, I'm not stalking people usually. Well, well <laughs> if, you, if you followed my Facebook, you'd know everything about Faithy, because that's really all I post about. <laughs> like I said, I'm not stalking anybody, so probably I didn't follow you enough. Yeah, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but Look but I picture. just see my picture. 
Of course, mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. That's cheating. <laughs> of course, I know. Well, I, I just took the movie, uh, which I think was from 2011, and added some more years to it. Actually, right now, this very second, I just got a text message from a guy named Sid Seattle. Do you know who that is? No. Doesn't ring a bell for me. Sid Seattle is the founder of a group, I guess you'd call them a clan, of got people that play video games, like a video game team called the Score Chasers. And he's from Seattle. And the text that just came in right now was, what color does Faith want for her jersey? <laughs> <laughs> that was what my text just said. So Faith is going to be on Team Score Chasers. <laughs> nice. nice. Shout out to my buddy Robert Racek, a.k.a. Sid Seattle and his score chasers. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you you already you already said all by yourself. I didn't have to ask too many questions. <laughs> the best kind of interviews. <laughs> I, I knew exactly what kind of you were looking for, right? I knew. <laughs> yeah. Okay, one thing that interests me is... Um, People say, because I was following, but what people said is that um, now Todd Rogers and Billy Mitchell cannot make any money out of their high scores anymore. Is that kind of, uh, I guess, that they are invited for interviews and so on, and that makes a living for them? It, it always striked me that, um, that I heard Todd Rogers did this gaming thing for a living as the first person on, on Earth. Yeah, that's true, but that was a very, very long time ago. He he was a professional video game player because he endorsed a bunch of joysticks. He would get paid to go and play live, stuff like that. But I don't believe he's been paid to be a video game player for many, many years. Now, on the flip side, because of the movie The King of Kong, Billy, because of you know that the fame, Walter and Billy get paid appearances every single weekend. Right. So, so whoever said that Billy's unable to make money off of his video gaming career is uh, doesn't know anything. Because every single weekend, Billy's getting paid thousands of dollars to go somewhere else. So you, say, you see... Um, uh, sorry. Um, so you say that all this, you know, um, scandals didn't really hurt. No, in fact, I think the scandal helped him in many ways. One, one way first is now the Billy plays Donkey Kong like at least every other day. For the last six months, he's been playing every other day. So now he has a chance to win the Kong off because he's at a million fifty on average now. He's getting up there almost every third game's over a million. So now he has a chance to actually win the Kong off. That would be amazing. Yeah. Number yeah, two. I just saw that just a couple months ago. He posted almost uh, over a million points. Yeah. Number in a live two. stream. His family, meaning his wife and his son and him, were always very close. But I have never seen them, all three of them, this close. The, the, the what do you call it? The, uh, the stress that it took on their lives made... Little Billy, he could care less about Donkey Kong a year ago. Little Bill, Bill's son, couldn't even get 100000 
this weekend he's coming to my place and he's up around 500,000. He may get a kill screen, his kid. So it made his kid <laughs> pay more attention to what he does. So it brought him closer to his son. His wife is actually taking an interest in what he does in video gaming, which in the past, Evelyn could care less what he did. She basically just separated the lives. In mm -hmm. fact, I think this, this drama created a better life for Billy Mitchell. In my eyes, that's what I see. Well, plus it also put him in the, you know, it put his name really in the spotlight for, for a bit again, you know, and, and yep. everyone wants to talk to him to find out what's going on with it. So that's also, you know. Yeah. They, so, so, someone once said all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, so. they, tried to hurt, they tried to hurt him, but I think in the end they're helping him. Right, right. Uh, I, I wonder how this all started that, uh, you know, you know, getting getting a rid of all the old stuff that Twin Galaxies made big and restarting. I don't know. Well, but, I, don't know hear, I don't know how true it is, but from what I hear, Jace Hall has his own problems financially. Well, I don't I don't know Jace too well. I just got in touch with him because um, I wanted to talk with Walter Day and well, he, so far, Jace always helped me. I, I personally cannot say anything negative about Jace. Um, he, is, he is a very friendly and personable guy. He's, he's, he's very likable. There's no doubt about it. He's got a likable way about him. Exactly, yes. And, 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 and this makes me, uh, you know, wonder why now there is this hard reset on Twin Galaxies record breakers. And if if you look at how old those peoples are that make the allegations against, um, um, you know, Todd Rogers and Billy Mitchell, they are in their twenties, uh -huh. and suddenly there are there are tech experts for for old arcade games, yeah, and and Atari games, and I wonder how how this how does this work, you know? Well. <laughs> I guess if you if you want a world record and you can't achieve it, the best way is to make the person who has the world record not have it anymore. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So yeah. so your opinion is just to summarize it, you think that Todd Rogers has his record and Billy Mitchell has his records and they shouldn't have been thrown out of Twin Galaxies for good. Absolutely not. That's awful. They made Twin Galaxies. They were the founding fathers of Twin Galaxies. Well, that also brings up another interesting point with Twin Galaxies, which is that when you look at the like world records and whatnot, Guinness pretty much relies on Twin Galaxies to sort of police themselves. And it's I've heard a lot of people say that that it's time to sort of make them not the official scorekeepers for all this stuff. And that if you're going to have a verified, you know, record score, then then the record people have to, you know, the Guinness people or whoever it is has to be there to witness it and whatnot and have their own standards rather than just relying on what Twin Galaxies tells them. Well, that's absolutely true because we know in the past when that jerk-off, Patrick Scott Patterson, was a referee, he was doctoring the submissions to Guinness. He kept, that's why Rudy Ferretti freaks out because it's proven that he kept Rudy Ferretti out of the out of the Guinness Book when he should have been in it, and put his friend and his wife in instead, and that's proven. 
Well, nowadays, since the last eight years, retro is so big that you, you, you could find other experts in the field that could work for the Guinness Book of World Records as a referee instead of Twin Galaxies. So it's not entirely possible. I mean, it's not entirely impossible to find right. um, independent people. Yeah, I, there's a guy named Doc Mack. He owns the Galloping Ghost Arcade. I think he's going to start a, a competing scoreboard against Twin Galaxies, mm. but only to the classic arcades. Wow, that's new. I didn't know that. Okay. I don't know that for a fact, but that's the rumor. Mm. Well, one thing, one thing that always striked me as strange is I, I, never, I never was able to get a permission to interview anybody of the new Twin Galaxies. Mm. <laughs> um, like Chase Hall always said no. Which is kind of sad because I would like to have their opinion as well, you know. Yeah, but no, I'm actually shocked. I'm actually shocked he said no. I thought he would definitely do that interview. Hmm. Well, so far it it didn't happen. Um, maybe after this podcast is out, maybe he will change his mind. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> well, well, I we we always try to to have neutral point of views and try to get all sides of, of the story, you know. So that is actually that's actually what I would like to do. Um, so let's see what's happening. But but I'm very happy that you are very open about it and um, well not not bitter because um, be before we did this interview today, AJ, I actually wondered can we ask about this topic? Or would would Richie hit us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> well, most people I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't talk about it with. So AJ is correct in some ways. Uh, it isn't something I enjoy talking about, but right. I figured for you, you know, you've been so good to me over the years. Well, so that's we we got pretty deep in here. It's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm really happy. I'm really happy that you um, that you got up your your spirit and going on, because um, especially the King of Kong movie was had really some really negative parts, you know. Oh yeah. Um. So and as I don't know if you remember, but just the day after I saw the movie, I had the interview with you. And I was like, oh, my God, this person has lived throughout so many hard times. And he's still going on strong. Oh, so, wow, you know. And um, and my first thought was when all these um, allegations against Todd Rogers and Billy Mitchell started, I was like, oh, oh, poor Richie. He must be really down, you know. Um so it, it, it's been a rough ride, but we're getting there. Um, the most interesting part in the movie I found was when you said, like, this is my one, my 102 years old grandfather, and he is doing the spray painting on the arcades. Yeah, the splatter paint. Yeah, splatter paint. Exactly. Yeah. He, wow. he, sadly, he passed away, but he would have been like 104 now. Yeah. Maybe Amazing. Maybe 105, but he passed away at 103. 
Wow. Oh. And he was born on the 4th of July. So wow. on his 100th birthday, we had a really big party. It's it's interesting for me that a person so old would be working with you on restoring arcades. So he oh. was very interested in what you are doing. Oh, my grandpa and I have were best friends my whole life. Okay. My grandpa taught me everything. My grandpa taught me how to use a wrench. My grandpa taught everything I knew was from my grandpa. Though this movie has a lot of truth in it, right? Oh yeah, everything's true. Okay. Yeah, I just wonder because people say that King um, um, King of Kong is all fake. Yeah, King of Kong is all fake, but my movie is not fake. Let's talk about that. How did it actually happen that they made a movie of, of, about you? Uh, at the Kong Off One, uh, nobody was. People were filming, but nobody was uh, like filming with like really high quality camera gear and. There was a filmmaker there named Sean Tiedemann, and after the come-off was over, he said, this has got to be documented. This is history. What went down here today was history. This is going to be talked about for hundreds of years. Why is no one documenting this? So he asked me if he could document what I was doing. So he just followed me around with a camera for close to three years. And... I had no input on what he did. It was all what he got on film and what story he chose to tell. My opinion, it could have been a lot better. There was a lot of footage he got that he didn't use that would have been, you know, a little bit more controversial and like crazy and fun. Like I got into a fist fight at the Smithsonian and I got kicked out of the Smithsonian when Billy And Walter and I were there. I actually got dragged out of the Sony by the cop. And he had it all on film and he didn't use it. But all in all, I, are you I still love, happy? I love the fact that, that like, we usually talk to, we talk to a lot of people that, that are European or that are or elsewhere in the world. But talking to you, it's like, this dude's from Jersey. <laughs> like, <laughs> these are the stories that my friends and I have. <laughs> Like, got a fist fight at the Smithsonian and got taken out by the police. Like, yeah, it's totally stuff we would do. For, for, my, for my defense, it was St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah. So I did have a few beers in me at lunch. <laughs> then went back over to do more interviews and then got into a fight. <laughs> I have the feeling the two of you will be good friends after yes. this after this <laughs> podcast interview. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to say before before AJ interrupted, but all in all, you were happy with the movie, how it came to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> despite it the neg despite it the negative parts. Uh, it, that's a really hard question, especially because I don't know who's going to listen to this, but I am happy with what it has brought me. I'm happy about how people see it and parts of it make them feel like they can go out and achieve their goals. So, yes, that part I am proud of. But I really thought it could have been better, in my honest in your I just I hope Sean doesn't hear this, but I feel it could have been better. Well, you are always honest in your views, and that's 
totally okay. Hmm. Um, and, and this is also why I was looking forward to talking to you in this interview, because I know you wouldn't make things up. Oh, no, I got I got so many stories. I, I, in fact, I started writing a book. And hmm. and it, it it it's really it, this, everything that happens to me during the day is almost every day something crazy happened. So I started writing all these things down. At first, I was going to make a stand-up comedy routine. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to write a book. So I've been writing things down. And it's called Richie Knuckles, A Fistful of Stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I heard that title before, similar to that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I've been working on in my whenever I have any free time. I've been writing stuff down. Because really, who else do you know in the world has gotten paid and had a full expenses paid trip to Australia because of the arcade game Donkey Kong. Only you. Oh, only me. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Give it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else nice. can say that they walked in their hotel room and saw... Walter Day levitating in his tidy whities <laughs> Walter Day's right. tidy whities are not real tidy. They're actually loosey. And you know, you know <laughs> what happens to a man's testicles when he gets older, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen things that you don't want to see. Yeah. It's terrible meeting your heroes. <laughs> And where can people go online to find out what you're doing and, and you know, and, and what's happening around you at the moment? The Kongoff.com is our website, but I do most things through Twitter and Facebook, and it's just Richie Knuckles with a Z. R-I-C-H-I-E-K-N-U-C-K-L-E-Z as in zebra. So Facebook and Twitter, uh, even uh, Instagram and Snapchat, I'm on those two. Wow, I, I I don't follow yet on Instagram. I will change that in a second. Awesome, <laughs> and we'll put links to all of that stuff in the podcast description so that people cool. can just go right there. Cool, thank you. Also, uh, the the website is going to be updated so that it's actually a store and you can uh, buy stuff. I'll have all kinds of merch up on pretty soon. I give me about two weeks. And a then, sexy oh. calendar with Richard Knuckles and his arcade cabinets. Yeah, sure. I can make one of them for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love you guys. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thank you. All right, stay in touch, okay? Of Will course. Do. Definitely. Okay. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.